Please note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. Welcome everybody to this special episode of Adjust Your Tracking. Adjust Your Tracking is a podcast where we're on an adventure to watch a century of cinema decade by decade, year by year, and I'm one half of your hosts, Liam Delaney. And with me right now is... Oliver Jones. And of course our friend... That's me, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon. You are a friend. I did Brandon. mean you. Friend! I, I am a friend. I assumed you meant me. And I don't have a last name anymore. I'm like Prince. Uh, the reason I said that is because your name on the Zoom just says Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> what what would your symbol be, Brandon? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, let me get back to you on that. I have to get to my PR team. And yeah, okay. <laughs> um, what were we doing? Probably something really bad. We are. Uh, we're here today in a kind of a special episode. It's not a normal episode. We're just kind of wrapping up the 1970s miniseries that we just finished. Uh, because we did this last time. We kind of give out these tracky awards, but we like to kind of just do an episode where we just kind of take in what we watched and talk about the films that we we kind of selected for this miniseries talk about the 70s a little bit as well it's nice to you know it's nice to wrap up i think anyway i think so too and um it kind of gives us a little kind of break between miniseries um and just to kind of put a bit of a full stop on it or a period or whatever you call it period that's an american thing isn't it period period yeah. for me put a period on the miniseries but it sounds weird when yeah you say it. It yeah does, english people can't say it yeah, you sound really wrong. So I say just stick, full with, stop. Your, stick with your truth. Yeah, live your truth <laughs> and say full Put stop. full stop on the miniseries. Yeah. And before moving on that to sounds the other, much I punch the uh, microphone stand and that hurt. That's the, the <laughs> anger. That's some 1970s, like 70s misplaced anger. anger coming out. Yeah. So like, um, just like a... Kind of, we headed into the 1970s a bit uh, haphazardly, I would say, in my opinion. Um, haphazardly? I, Very. I, I think so. I think we... I. If you look at the list, it feels very happy. Yeah, in a good way. I don't mean, it, but like, I feel like it was a very natural kind of like stumble into the 1970s films. And um, and actually, I'm quite happy about the kind of almost the story it uh, it told as we went through the miniseries. Because um, oh, okay. I managed to we managed to kind of very easily push through this idea that the early parts of the 70s were still doing these much smaller, cheaper films, mm-hmm. and it just gets more bombastic as the kind of the the kind of decade goes along yeah more heightened until, and... more heightened yeah more kind of like um elements of like kind of blockbuster culture so the kind of crash where you know we hit like sorcerer where they're spending so much money on a film that they can't possibly recoup it and the kind of the 70s resets a little bit into the 80s um but you then you get the elements of like modern cinema coming into the end and we did superman obviously right to the end which you know the start of superhero films that's still going on now mm-hmm. um it's a good point. It's a good. That's a good thread. And they're still using that template right. for like the origin films, pretty yeah. much, aren't they? Still to this day. I know Wonder Woman was very explicit well, yeah. in basically being the well, same. Iron Man, Spider Man, Batman Begins. They're all kind of aping Batman off that Begins film, especially. Like. Yeah, Batman Begins totally just went and said, "We'll do this." Like you know, that first hour. That's because Superman is a. That's a. That's a good movie. Mm. It, no, it is a good movie. It's a lot of fun. It is a good. It's a good movie because Margot Kidder's in it. Oh, she's so. Oh, good as well. I finally heard a song—the song version of a poem. Oh, did you? I'm very glad it's not. <laughs> Is it really as bad as we thought it would be? Can you read my mind? 
least favorite moment of that film anyway yeah. but, uh, do you remember that brandon where she kind of she kind of does a poem when she's flying with um superman for the first time nope. it's, nope. it's very cringeworthy <laughs> it's really weird the flying scene goes on for so long and she's reciting a poem about flying i watched i mean i've watched that actually twice bizarrely in the last i don't know whatever it was four or five years once with you ollie when oh, you yeah, were doing yeah. a uh, fundraising, yeah, yeah, and then again uh, with yeah, uh, I, my daughter. Yeah, my daughter got into superheroes eventually because obviously her generation will do. Yeah. Uh, are saturated, saturated into it. So I, uh, we watched this film together. She enjoyed it a lot, uh, and so did I. And I don't remember somehow have erased that from my mind anyway. That's for the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well done, well done you. Thank you. And um, so anyway. Because it's been like what three weeks since we last recorded, because you guys have been really busy um, yeah. shooting yep. music videos. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? That's re- was that released this week, I think. Yeah, so I mean, I've been working for the psychedelic porn crumpets for uh, quite a while now, like about two years now. This is my se- sixth or seventh video for them. Like you'd think they'd uh, get someone else to do their videos for them, but nope. Um, so don't, don't moan. So I'm not going to moan. But the last video, I was really overwhelmed, and like because. Before, I'd, I'd pretty much done everything. I'd shoot it, animate it, composite it, edit it. But this one, like, it was full-on stop motion, so I got overwhelmed and phoned up Brandon. I was like, help me, please. You're my only hope. And uh, so he joined He, he joined on the, the team of two. And then in That's September, awesome. yeah, in September they uh, called again and saying, oh, how about, do you fancy doing the next two videos in Claymation? And I said, sure. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> I le- apparently I learned nothing from doing the first one and I made we had a, the same amount of time to do it and I tripled the amount of locations characters <laughs> shots yeah. it was just insane <laughs> and um, very stupid yep very stupid yeah I have f- honestly f- did not physically recover I'm not kidding until this morning yeah so really? we finished on uh, six, we finished six days ago <laughs> oh wow oh wow yeah so I was I was yesterday I spent all of yesterday in bed and I, and I had a headache and my neck was stiff. I couldn't keep my eyes open because I was, my, my body had just, just shut exhaustion. down. Just exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolute sheer For three exhaustion. weeks. I'm not even kidding. I was doing 9am till 4am in the morning just to kind of make sure I've, I covered the load. So we've got to, when we do the next one, we've got to really kind of figure that shit out. So it's not, not going to yeah. kill us because, so you know, bigger, I ain't getting bigger more locations, more, more figures. More action. We, I think we're going to tone down the locations. Actually, I think I'll, I kind of want to slow the pace down just for kind of more to make it a bit more cinematic. I think, but we'll yeah. see. We haven't yeah. even heard the so, song yet, so it probably yeah. is like super fast and heavy. And, it does dictate it a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, it has less so on these two in a lot of ways. Like the 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 videos are they they're edited to the song and stuff, and obviously we do take uh, the vibe of them for inspiration to a certain extent. But uh, the band really had like particularly for the first one. Actually, for both of them, sorry. They had a narrative in mind um, that's sort of like a little short story that could have been made without the song entirely. So they're not mm-hmm. uh, entirely hand-in-hand, hand, I guess. That must be really rewarding, though, for you guys to do. Something that is like just making little mini-films. 
It has yeah, been. I mean, it has been. It's been very difficult, sure. but they're they're uh, a lot of reward. It's been it's been very rewarding. The it? nice thing about this one is though, because the first video had like a hook that uh, she's like basically a cannibal and eats like mm-hmm. essentially is Willy Wonka. She eats him alive. And then that was kind of the hook for that video where it kind of goes from this cute and cuddly thing. I mean, it's, it's start, it just goes a little bit darker where she starts eating the the cookies and stuff and there's a like, bit of blood and stuff. But then it goes full yeah. on Dario Gento kind of fucked up when she starts to eat the guy. And then she ends up shrinking and going inside of him and wearing his body as like a, <laughs> it's like a second skin. And then I was thinking, oh, we haven't really got a hook for this new idea. And then so I thought, oh, well, the hook could be is that he's he's fighting all these giant monsters at the end of the last video, she's like drank the magic potion that makes a giant. So why don't we have him in the third video face off against her? So that was the kind of, and they seem to love that idea. And so that's pretty cool. And it's nice to see that people are kind of going, oh, it's a shared universe. It's the psychedelic porn crumpet yeah, cinematic I was universe. Gonna, um, I was going to say that. I, was, I watched the video yesterday, I think it was, and I was just reading the YouTube comments. And it really, people were really excited about the fact that it tied in at the end. Like they they recognised the character coming back in. The people really were hyped for that. That's yeah, that was cool. nice. That was. I was pretty worried that people weren't going to catch it actually, because it is pretty yes, quick yeah, when yeah. she pops out at, at, up at the end. And I had to. Uh, me and Ollie actually didn't even have time to discuss this, honestly. But um, I'm the one that edits it at the end, so the timing of that more or less comes down to me. Sure. Um, and for that particular s- segment, I kept extending the shots of her on the screen. Just to make sure, just, just to, make to sure it's cool. you know, in in the hope that people could see it, because at first it was quite a bit shorter, and I thought that's such a weird little reference, and it's on this screen, and it's all kind of the style of the screens in this music videos are quite blurry and pixelated. Yeah, it's and like stuff. an old so Game Boy. People might, yeah, yeah. So people might not might not catch it. So I was actually worried about that um, from my point of view, and I'm I'm glad that it it seems to have worked. Yeah, awesome. I'm glad you guys are happy with it. And the new video, it's uh, it kind of got like a. I, I took like a Lobo-esque character from it, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, so we were just like, we want to do a dumbass 90s comic book kind of like just over the top kind of silliness. Lobo was an actual specific yeah. reference that would be that would be correct Good. that we just talked about. Yeah. No, I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. I couldn't remember his, as usual, I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so um, I said to Ali, what's that one like dickhead that shows up in the Justice League cartoons? <laughs> With the cigar and the bike. But yeah, yes. Lobo mixed with uh, her, the guy from Venture Brothers. What's his name? Um, you know the body, Brock, Brock Samson. Yeah, yeah the, sure. the bodyguard. And also, uh, also, uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> that was an excellent reference on your part, actually. So yeah, awesome. should we get into it? Yeah, let's. Let's. Well, Ollie, did you want to? Did you want to uh, wrap up what you felt about the 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 thread of the your seventies films? Liam has his take on it. What's your oh, I just I I mean, seventies like, is like the the last. I don't know if it, it's the it's the one uh, decade that I know like quite well because like when you start to get okay. to the sixties yeah. and fifties, I don't really know those as well. Like it's definitely like the decade for me where cinema really like I can go back and I can still watch those films and they still feel very they can still feel quite current. But we also watch them that kind of still that feel quite dated. Like mm. uh, you mm. know, like Straw Dogs and stuff. But then you've got th- films like Mandy. Uh, I keep saying Mandy. Wonder, which <laughs> strangely feel quite modern in their approach, even though it was like the first film we watched in that decade. And by far the kind of oldest yeah, film. It's, it's yeah, also, exactly. It's well, it's also quite dated in yeah. some ways. Yeah, but it, 
at the same time. Yes, I see what you mean, but like, it's, it's but it was very revolutionary, I think, and it kind of because it got lost in time and no one kind of really saw it for like several decades. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rape. <laughs> there's a lot of um, <laughs> right, thank you. women don't really seem yeah. to factor into the films very much. No, like no. you know, we we tossed with the idea of doing. Uh, Best Supporting Actor and Actress Award. But I think if you look at it, there's like three supporting actor- actresses, which yeah, is pretty about. nuts. Yeah. Um, which you which wouldn't fly nowadays. You couldn't do that. Well, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I more wouldn't do it, I would <laughs> yeah. say, because it's just not yeah. fun. I mean, you can. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, there there are like, you know, movies that are mostly female cast or mostly yeah, yeah. male cast if it's, appropri- if it's appropriate. But if you're doing a movie where you know, it's uh, across multiple locations and different places and there's lots of people in it, you would uh, be a little bit more egalitarian about it yeah. if you were making it today in today's climate, not because of pressure, but because that's just more realistic. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think we watched some great films and I, was, I think there's only two that I kind of didn't particularly like all that much. Yeah, but like, same. But yeah, I, I'm, I think ours might differ though on the films that we may have disliked. Do you oh, think um, interesting? Do you think like the reason you know the seventies as the last period is kind of because that's like our parents' generation, maybe like, and our age? Like, so like the films they've showed us. So stuff. like when we when we were really these, young, in these this, films feel ancient to twenty year olds. Yeah, but like when we were like growing up in the late eighties and nineties, that seventies films would be on the TV. So it's kind of like an era we probably still feel kind of a, a bit of a connection to, I guess, as well. I kind of don't I have to say. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of seventies films. I know the seventies filmmakers oh, very well, but I mean, um, it was quite easy to do a ten films I haven't seen from the seventies that were kind of quite iconic. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So and I mean, you know, there's Godfathers and stuff like that, but like and Jaws and things. But um, I think most of the seventies I didn't know as well as I thought I did. I, so, I could probably agree with that as well, though. To the same point. Well, I, I was. Know. I guess that 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 segues into uh, something I did want to like a technical note I wanted to make. So we're, we're handing out our like little awards for the 10 movies in the main, in the main timeline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 70 through 79, Mm -hmm. not including the special episodes. Uh, But um, I have seen some of these before, Uh, like the point of your podcast is you watch movies you haven't seen before, which is really cool. I think that's a good hook there. And you're handing out awards on all 10, but I thought, I've seen Fist of Fury, Badlands, and Barry Lyndon before, so I'm just going to take them off. I'm going to okay. I'm going to okay, not count enough. them towards my awards because in keeping in keeping the, spirit, the spirit with the spirit of your of your podcast, uh, that makes sense. And then it kind of kills two birds with one stone because I'm sure we're going to get to this in a bit. But like Barry Lyndon and Badlands are in just yeah. a different category of cinema <laughs> to every other film on the on the list, so they would pretty much walk away with almost every single award. So this allows. Taking they kind them of off are in my, in my one, to... almost like yeah. I think. yeah. But they would. I mean, they they should obviously, frankly. Um, but uh, because I'm I'm disqualifying them for a sort of good reason. That means that I can highlight some other good stuff in the in the in the series. That's cool. I like that a lot. That's yeah. awesome. So we should get to first awards. What should we do first then? What was um? I think you start with like a small one first. Right? Do you want to do best mumble performance? <laughs> okay. Now, how about we? How about we? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Why don't we do the normal ones first, and then the silly ones second? <laughs> okay, and then, okay. Except for, except for, except for, except for, except for best film. Save that to the end. So, best facial hair first. <laughs> let's do. Let's start with best actor. Uh, most miserable. Okay. Best actor. Let's go for best actor. 
What have you got, Ollie? Uh, mine was a toss-up between the two, and I'm still finding it hard to decide between the two. But I'm going to go for Martin Sheen in Badlands. But, okay, cool. But a very close yeah. second is Bruce Lee in Fist of Fury for me. Because yeah. he completely... Owns, they bo- both, both of those performances just captivate the screen anytime they're on the screen. And I just think Martin Sheen, just because I think he had a little bit more to do, maybe, I guess, or... But well, I went with Bruce Lee. It's a more, it's a more interesting, so, it's a more interesting character. Yeah, like dramatically. That he's more I went with Bruce Lee, though. I have to say. So if you yeah. went Martin Sheen, I went Bruce Lee, because as you say, that you can't watch that film and not just walk away with the idea that this guy just dominates that film. It's it couldn't just, be any other actor doing I it. I just it feel like else, we were robbed of so many great years of Bruce Lee performances. Yeah, it's just yeah. such we a shame. Were. We were, it, and it, I, it I, is, I'm kind of glad I can say that now. So, whereas before I didn't yeah, know definitely. Bruce as well. So I, I, I rewatched, I wasn't able to rewatch uh, Barry Lyndon. I guess I could have, but I didn't. Uh, but I, I've seen that quite a few times. But I did rewatch Badlands just this week on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because it's quite short. And it's, I know it, you know, it was, I, I think I'm almost positive we watched it in film school. Oh, uh, really? But yeah, I agree with you. Martin Sheen was, yeah, Martin Sheen was incredible uh, in he it. Uh, I mean, all of it was incredible. But yeah, I agree with that choice, Ollie. He's really great. Uh, but because both of those are off my. I probably, if I was being serious, would say Bruce Lee as well for the same reason uh, Liam okay. just did. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with uh, Peter Falk in Mikey and Nikki. Oh, oh nice. Uh, I thought, I thought he was. I um, we can get into this at some point, maybe a bit later. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't really love okay. that film, uh, which, which I hate. Like it pains me to say it. Um, it kind of fell apart. But the two, for, both the performances were really strong. Yeah. They were really interesting, basically the whole time. Even in, even you know. By the time you get to the middle of the film, I really wasn't into it. I was still really appreciating what they were doing. Yeah, and particularly, sure. Falk has this pathos. Uh, I've never watched his TV work, honestly, so I don't really know him as, as uh, except for like in memes and whatever, as Columbo. Yeah, I'm the same. So, and actually. I know him as the, I, I know him yeah, as Columbo, I know him as the granddad. Well. Yeah. I only knew him as the granddad. The Princess, you know, Bride, Princess Bride, yeah. Bride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know him much better. And like, I never, I never even, I never even put two and two together on that, honestly. <laughs> like, it didn't even, it didn't even occur to me because the, the, the Princess Bride thing is so kind of iconic; it didn't even didn't even register. Um, but yeah, so you see this whole other side to him. I think in the I really liked the beginning and end of that film, and he was amazing yeah. in the ending scene in the beginning, and just had this very like interesting balancing act that he was trying to that he was, that he was playing, playing there, the whole time. It, yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah, love their really, dynamic. Really I have to say, I, I struggled to put one yeah. above the other because um, I just loved them. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. I was probably going to go with one of them. Because yeah. I, I, I I agree, sort of. I, I I like the performances. I kind of the film overall, like the I think the what they tried to do with the improvisation for me fell apart ultimately and they couldn't okay. get it together in the edit and it just felt um like every scene dragged on forever at a certain point and I was sort of like getting annoyed with it, but but uh the work they put in was pretty impressive. I way. mean, I agree with you on that. I mean like I was probably a bit disingenuous when we did the podcast because Liam and Natalie really <laughs> fucking love this film. I do which is great. And, awesome. not to like and it, like though. don't get me wrong, I didn't hate it, but I, I like if I was to put have a top ten it would probably be my number nine because I found it a bit it kind of meandered a lot and a lot of the improvisation kind of just kind of just kind of got a bit too much for me but like i agree the two lead performances were great but like as a whole it just kind of to know it just didn't really quite connect for me but but i'm really glad that you guys uh went nuts for it because it is it is still an interesting really interesting movie even though i didn't love it oh yeah 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 
No, I, I definitely do love it. Um, I, I don't need to defend it. I had the episode, so it's nice <laughs> to hear, like, a different no, a lot of... <laughs> Well, it's it's. Uh, I, I looked on Letterbox afterwards because I, I gave it a fairly low score, and uh, you know you're not uh, you. You have some fine company in liking that film. <laughs> uh, a lot of people do, so I must be wrong. I assume. So, um, what other leading man could we have gone for? Who have we kind of let out of this? Walter Matthau, probably. Is he like yeah, Matthau, but I think Matthau kind of plays yeah, Matthau sure. in it a lot, even though he's not as human. I think he's funny in it at times, but I don't think he's like it's not as transcendent. I, role I thought, I thought of Matthau. The the one that I almost probably my second choice would have been uh, uh, what's his face in Sorcerer. Roy Schneider. Roy Schneider. Yeah. Yes, the guy I, whose name I can never remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I almost went with him, actually. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought he was I'm amazing. There was a real physicality I mean, to it's, it's strange to think one of the best films, Barry Lyndon, has one of the weaker kind of leads, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never would have thought of it. Everyone knows that that performance is a weak, weak, yeah. weak sauce. It carries the film yeah, enough, yeah, yeah. but it's a weak performance, it is. Like, yeah. I, I think it's better than... It's fun. Like It's almost like a film nerd meme that the film is a masterpiece, but he's kind of lame. Yeah, um, sure. I, I, don't, I actually don't think he's that bad. I think he's fine, but it's, yeah. he's not the he's not the reason you watch. I mean, if you look no, at no, the no, other no. ones, so you got Straw Dogs. I mean, it's just Dustin Hoffman being Dustin Hoffman, and then <laughs> then you've got Time he's After good. Time, he has a which lot is intensity to it. He's, he carries the film. If it oh wasn't, yeah, if it wasn't he's not him, bad in it. I I think the film would be lesser than it is. Like, and even it, I don't like the film, but it would have still be lesser. Like, and then Time After Time is uh, is kind of like a bit of a. Not a comical performance, but it's definitely like a heightened kind of. It's not in the same kind of category. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what have you got for best actress then? Uh, me, I went for Barbara Loden. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I mean, again, yeah. it's kind of like a. It's it's not a massive list to be honest. Yeah, no. It I isn't. mean, no. This one was a lot easier to. Narrow I mean, down. if you look at it, it's uh, what's her name from Badlands? What's her name? Uh, well, Sissy, Sissy Spacek. Spacek. That's the kind of I was juggling between her and and Barbara because Sissy Spacek's performance, <laughs> I think, it's better than. Um, Martin Sheen's performance in it. Ooh, wow. Um, I think they're both they're, they're both great. Yeah, I just I I think she may have won the Oscar for that actually. Only she got nominated, but like um, it's I I can see why, and because it's told from her narrative as well, it's her point of view. I think it's kind of there's only four there's only four lead actresses. Is that well, right? I mean probably. to be fair, it probably is deserved for the girl in Ice Spit on Your Grave for the amount of shit she had to go through yeah. to make yeah, that yeah, film. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, Camilla yeah. Keaton, yeah, yeah, Buster Keaton's niece or whatever, which I didn't even know. That's yeah, it's insane, insane isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is a, a bizarre anecdote in film history. And you could one. watch this film silent and get the whole uh, gist of it without answering. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a very you strong know what? point. Actually, I prefer it silent. <laughs> yes, There's, the noise in that film is just. And I guess Susan George in um, Straw Dogs is the is the lead of that. Oh, I guess so. I I heard well. Uh, her character is so not even a character that mm-hmm. it was that was why I couldn't stand that film. But I was thinking of Lady Lyndon actually in Barry Lyndon is I think that's actually a very good performance. <laughs> Marissa Barrison, isn't it? Yeah, she doesn't come yeah. into a halfway through. The yeah, film. no, this is this is an embarrassment for for female actors. <laughs> and the same the with uh, Mary Steenburgen, who actually. She she turns up in the film halfway through, and she retweeted our uh, podcast, which was very. She nice. did so, retweet it, yeah. So that she was did, yeah. that was a very nice. But moment. yeah, all that said, the clear the clear answer is Barbara Loden because that is an all time great yeah, performance. It's, it's really well judged. So even and, you know, and the fact that she directed yeah, even it as though, well at the same time, it's, it's 
Yeah, even though you have a paucity of choices here, you do have one correct choice that <laughs> I you could. It doesn't matter what the other nine films were; she could still have won no matter yeah, what. I agree. Yeah, so that's my choice. Easy, no question. Boom. Uh, lack of competition, one, but would have deserved it. Regardless. And I was going to say, like, um, we can put an award to best cast as well because I look quite like ensemble kind of casting. hundred percent. So, um, yeah, let's let's do that. So, next. what have you got? Go on, Brandon. You go first. Who, Okay, well, that's to me. That's an easy one, and that's Pelham taking a Pelham one, two, three. I would agree. Although th- there are all, uh, there are there are good choices. Otherwise, to be totally honest, I think Barry um, Lyndon's Sorcer- good, on that, good on that because Lyndon, Lyndon, and Sorcerer both have a lot of good side. Yeah, Lyndon sure. especially because the way the story is told, you keep coming in and out of these big characters that you kind of remember. The yeah, end so, of it, so. The, those are both great. But the the train passengers and the worker and the everyone who works on the subway, each character feels. Like they are, have an own their own yeah, movie that totally. you could follow. They they, they all feel and like they go home, the at casting. Night, don't they? Like, Who's your yeah. favorite? Is it the gay character who does not come across gay at all? <laughs> <laughs> it's been that long. Um, I think my favorite is probably also my answer for best public servant, which we'll get to later. I like. I mean, I went for take the Pelham one two three as well. But I mean, like as you said, Liam. Um, Barry Lyndon, like because you know Leonard Roster in that film. As soon as he popped, I was like, oh, it's yeah. Leonard Roster. Oh, Leonard Roster, wicked in it. yeah, yeah. And Guy um, Hamilton, you know, I think, is really great in that. And like, you know, like the uh, the French is it the French the the general guy who pops up, who kind of becomes his other father figure, and yeah, yeah. You know, there's some like nice little characters in that. Is it Patrick Maggie or something like that? He's in a lot of um a lot of Kubrick films. I think is is that character and yeah, it's just um. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing, you know, which works. Um, I think cinematography next. I think this one's an easy one. Yeah, Barry Lyndon for sure. Yeah, I mean that's like that's, there's, there's no, no point, point even doing yeah. that. No <laughs> yeah. film looks like uh, Barry so be- Lyndon and ever. No, it's well, the, you could. There is a potential second right answer oh, yeah, in Badlands. Sure. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah yeah. Uh, but and that is a contender, and obviously, but. Barry Lyndon's one of the best films that's ever been made in terms yeah. of cinematography. That's John not Alcott, even fair. just for the record, yeah, and like, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. But but because I took yeah, that yeah, off yeah, my yeah. list, uh, this is one of the reasons I did it. Because what's the, even the point? <laughs> uh, sor- sorcerer, cool. I'm going to yeah, give it yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the source. So um, sorcerer looked incredible uh, the whole way through. The freakin obviously is a legend for his his like where he puts the camera and how yeah, he moves it and how film, he blocks right? a scene. Yeah. yeah, the physicality of it's incredible. The the like the intensity and visceralness of the locations yeah. and the action scenes. The the shot of um of a uh, Schneider. Oh, in that end, kind of like that des- oh, deserted that desert. desert. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, and like when he when he comes out of the of the darkness and the fought mist or whatever holding the thing and walking and falling over i mean that's that's incredible stuff quick shout out again to wanda which i almost went with Mm, mm. actually there's some really compelling visual moments in that film but the you know budget and the uh you know obviously it's in a different kind of category it's so low budget and so lo-fi um that for what it is it's really kind of compelling and images from it are still like playing back in my mind but uh, I had to go with the with the big dog. Yeah, uh, so Saucer was shot by Dick Bush and John Stevens. Um, so yep, and like yeah, Saucer, it's just just the oh, the on set shooting of that is just fucking ridiculous, mm. and I can't 
yeah, I can't believe I can't believe they shot it when you're watching it. You know, I can't believe they. No, did it's it. it's insane. So yeah, like the cinematography yeah. is just amazing in that film, and what a job! It really is pretty great. There's a lot. I mean, you have the best, maybe ever, in Barry Lyndon. You have one of the best, easily, of the '70s in Badlands, and then you have uh, Pelham and Sorcerer, uh, which are both great looking. And then you have like interesting indie ones in Mikey and Nikki Straw Dogs. Well, I mean, there's a lot of invention all... as well. Like you know, so obviously. Malik used those like NASA lenses so we could get those like super like oh, sorry Linden and then um, then Pelham they kind of used the the way they treated the film before they even shot like right. in mm. the end so they could kind of get more light into the shot so like they, they exposed dark, it already yeah. so there's a lot of kind of invention in the cinematography era there I think as well and even Definitely. as you say about Wonder, like low budget, but some they're really um, stretching for stuff. They're going for it, you know. They're not they're not just boring setups. They're 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 actually kind of trying to push for like a cinematic feel to it. They are, and it's cool. It makes Definitely. me wonder, you know, the bit where they're just hanging outside the car and there's someone flying like a, a toy aeroplane or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. was, was yeah. that just because someone was actually doing that on there and they had to deal with it, or do you think she wrote it in the script that? <laughs> Who knows? That's what I, that's what's so like compelling about films like that is you, you can't even the line is so yeah. blurry. But it works from a narrative point. Of oh view yeah, totally. Kind of escaping and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Who knows? I'm hearing a quick pause. Everybody, you're gonna have to cut this out. I'm hearing a lot of like buzzing. Oh, now it seems fine. It's gone. Now it's back. Now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is top tier suspenseful pipe. This is like the truck on the bridge in Sorcerer. That bridge, that bridge scene is insane. The bridge scenes are weird because the first, so Roy Schneider they seem to get across it fairly simple, and then as soon as the the Sorcerer truck goes through it, it's like hell on earth. <laughs> I mean that can happen. Some people are lucky. And it's strange that the the final uh, the Sorcerer. The, the truck blows up before the other truck it's this do you know you think it'd be named after the truck that kind of goes the furthest that's one of those weird choices that i like because yeah. you don't it doesn't really make any sense and you have to like sit there and i think the think one thing it. we forgot to mention on the podcast is that it was a remake <laughs> like you did and that kind of pissed me yeah. off we, I, we both knew it and we just <laughs> just failed to mention it you should you should you should uh totally watch wages of fear it's equally incredible he, isn't it controversially a remake is, doesn't Frequent refuse do to say that it's a remake? Really? Because it's almost the same. Isn't there something really weird like it, that? It's, it, or is he I'm just trying sure to say it's an adaptation I've, of the original source material, so it's not a remake? Is that what he's trying yeah. to say? Oh, is there, is there, is there yeah, a book? Yeah, I think it's a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are really similar. Um, I, I saw Wages of Fear a long time ago, so I could be remembering it wrong. But um, there's basically two differences that pop out in my mind is that I'm fairly certain Wages of Fear doesn't have that very long intro explaining where the characters came from. Right. Yeah, but I could be wrong. Doesn't, yeah. I, doesn't but have I don't Tangerine think it does. <laughs> it doesn't have the score. Well, no, like aesthetically it has differences, but even the direction's not, it's different because Cluzo and, and Friedkin are different yeah. directors, but they're doing mainly the same thing. Uh, and Wages of Fear has this amazing sequence where someone like drowns in oil um oh, wow. which i'm shocked he didn't yeah. put in sorcerer because it's visually just incredible um anyway recommend that um i was i was planning on hating sorcerer because it's a remake of a french movie 
um but i couldn't yeah, i couldn't I it was it was too much it was too <laughs> yeah, much fun to is. watch i couldn't hate it <laughs> i couldn't hate like, it so as basically much as I wanted it's, to. it's the second adaptation of the book uh that, that oh, i won't p- try and pronounce um people do say it's a really it's, wa- it's just wages of, of fear it's just wages film, of fear. wages of fear but freaking actually disagrees with that and i got a feeling he didn't watch wages of fear i think that's why so that's well. He the first credit at the end is a dedication to Clouseau, the director sure. of Wages of Fear, <laughs> like... which is which is I think is is very cool actually. To be fair, I mean, that's a nice thing to do. Anyway, uh, this wasn't a uh, sorcerer episode. Yeah, it's a tangent. Uh, so what was the next one? It's a tangent. So... Should we go sp- for best location? Yeah, okay, because mine's easy. If we're talking sorcerer, yeah, mine's sorcerer. Sorcerer, like oh, okay, yeah. interesting. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this is this is a category I I wanted to do uh, is best use of location shooting or best location because I noticed a trend in your in your ten picks, excepting I guess I don't know, excepting really none of them actually that they all of them shot on locations like yeah. really I was specifically thinking of Barry Lyndon and Badlands because um, yeah. I hadn't seen Sorcerer, uh, Fist of Fury doesn't count, take that out, sorry, um, but then I watched Wanda. And it has this amazing, yeah, all these amazing all things stuff, in yeah. coal country, yeah. in Pennsylvania coal country, Mike which are incredible. All uh, location, like yeah, Mikey and Nikki's all in Philadelphia, yeah. and all these like crappy bars. Yeah. Pelham uh, is sort of on location, sort of not in the subway car. Sure, um, you, you can even say time after time in San Francisco, but whatever. Yeah. And Straw Dogs in Cornwall um, uses that location quite well. Yeah, a part of me wants to go with Wanda again um, because of of how like alien and insane the coal uh mountains look yeah, yeah. in that movie but obviously you sort of have to go with sorcerer again well i just think or, or, or like back. with with um yeah. wonder it kind of goes all over the place doesn't it so it's like not but the thing is with sorcerer for the majority of that film it's just you're just in the thick of that jungle train aren't you and it's just so like on top of you it's just kind of all encompassing isn't it and it's just it's really intense yeah. and i just think it's you know, just makes it feel really hellish in there. Yeah, yeah, it totally. does. It adds to it. And that, as we were saying, I can't believe they shot it in location as much as it is. Like, you can just tell it would... I just can't imagine them... I can't imagine shooting that. I can't imagine it was a nice shoot. I can't imagine any of the crew were happy. No, 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 it's, it's a fa- it, was a famously, <laughs> it was a famously nightmarish shoot, actually. That's kind of what's the um the Ridley Scott? No, is it Ridley Scott? No, it's James Cameron. Uh, with the shoot for Aliens, and he he was so pissed off with the London crew because they kept on complaining and pulling up union kind of rules and stuff like that. Uh, we're finishing at five thirty. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the shoot, he was just like, he was like, "Go fuck yourself! I'm never filming here again," or something like that. that was his last sign off or something? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's okay. one of the things that George Lucas found difficult with Star Wars, like. To be fair, we do have some of the best like technicians and like some of the best crew around. But again, as soon as it's five thirty, people want to go home and have their tea. So I think um, yeah, because we they find exploit work. Yeah, so they find that difficult to kind of. Well, people people keep filming. Hollywood keep keeps filming its biggest productions in London. So clearly, it's not that much of a problem. Yeah, yeah, clearly, it's just a problem if you kind of take it to America and say, "How about having a weekend?" (laughs) Yeah, no, but like even even like. Star Wars, all the Star Wars is after Star Wars were still shot. Yeah. All the studios are in London. Uh, all the Marvels do both Atlanta and London. Two of the prequels were Australia, I think. I think all the prequels were Australia. Oh, really? No, the first one was in the UK. It was the first one? Because it's full of Australian actors, isn't it? Yeah. Because like, <laughs> all, all the extras and everything are all Australian. Like. I never noticed. 
Right, what's next? Uh, uh, let's do score, score. Score. Wow, this is another easy one for me. I'm going back to Sorcerer and Tangerine Dream. Fine. Yeah, cool. Mine was Badlands, actually. George Tipton. Um, the inter- uh, the soundscape of that film just... It like, is great. I've been thinking of it ever since, basically. So. But again, I think for me, like... Yeah. Uh, like... Uh, I'm dead. Uh, Barry Lyndon's got a great score as well, but it, a lot of it's like is is already existing music, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, I think is, it yeah. all is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I, I think, so. I, but I think the way the way Kubrick uses existing classical music is again one of his trademarks. But I, I was saying, uh, Badlands is like is, is is like existing music as well for some of it, isn't it? So like the it is. Thing, yeah, I can't remember the um, composer now, but the German guy. music and stuff. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wasn't he, didn't he write music for the Nazi party or something, Liam? Is that correct? Oh, probably. A lot of people did. <laughs> 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 won't, put it, won't put them against Well them. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, this one was between Sorcerer or Pelham, and I went with Pelham, actually. Yeah? Oh, nice. Yeah, sure. So I, yeah. Really enjoyed, I really enjoyed that funky-ass, horn-based 70s kind of vibe. Although the Tangerine Dream and Sorcerer was wicked as well. Yeah. What shall we do? I quite like this one. This was best mumble performance. So you know those kind of performances. Okay. Like, I give this this is the kind of like um uh the true grip performance. The like <laughs> the Nick Nolte award. The Nick Nolte award. Yeah, yeah. Like best. But performance like this when didn't seem speaking. like this didn't seem like a particularly mumbly marathon here. Not particularly, but there was one. There was one I just remembered that I wanted to kind of shout out for me. I don't. Know <laughs> okay. Well, who who was that? I can't, I, you know, I didn't take the time to look up the character actor, so I'm doing really good at this. But it's the recruitment guy in Wanda, the guy she, she speaks to at the kind of like coal office, who who just kind of, he's like just mumbling down to himself with a whole scene, who feels like he wasn't an actor, it feels like they stumbled into. You mean the guy that he she he gives us a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the that that's, that's who I, is Mike there. Yeah. He's, that was my favourite moment. I couldn't remember that. Time. I couldn't remember that scene at all. Do you not remember? It's, it's, it's um, just after that long tracking shot of her walking through the coal and then she walks up and she sees this guy who's like shoveling coal and she asks him for some money. He's like... Meh, 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 meh. He talks about everything under the sun before giving her money. Like, I don't remember that. I remember the walking bit and very clearly. That's one of my favourite shots of the, of the series, for sure. I don't remember that scene at all. Uh, so because of that, I had to improvise because I couldn't remember anybody who was particularly mumbly. Uh, so I want to quickly shout out, not particularly mumbly, but the interesting line readings of Mary Steenburgen, oh. uh, who I wouldn't say was was sort of, she just sounded high the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Know, really yeah. Uh, like charming, charming and fun kind of way. So it's a, she's it's like that, that a lot of those she's she? saying. I guess she must be. So it's not that she didn't like enunciate at all, but it definitely was like a unique line reading choice put it that way yeah okay i like that i like that a lot what's yeah. the next so one what's the, the, next, the, what's the next award the, the, the stoned mary steenbergen <laughs> she's uh, like that in elf uh, though because elf is very similar it's like a fish out of water and she's kind of the same kind of even though she's like a more of a motherly figure in that she's like she's very kind of like hey like all wide-eyed and and kind of high energy okay yeah. so now we're now we're now we're transitioning into the more silly awards aren't we what do you yeah. mean, silly? Facial hair? Well, let's... Uh, okay, let's you do, do that one. Go for it. As Ollie keeps... Re- Best 70s. So the 70s, is, the 70s is famous for its facial hair. Although, uh, these films, it, a lot of clean-shaven people. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same, actually. 
It wasn't that it wasn't that wild. It wasn't that wild, no. Toss up between three for me. It's either between Mr. Okay, Dennis in Wonder, the yeah. okay. The, okay, the the yeah. the villain guy in uh, Fist of Fury. Ooh, Doesn't he have yep. one? The one he kind of like yeah. does a. Uh, he's, then, he's he's enormous. And Peter Vaughan, and I kind of want to give it to Peter Vaughan just because it's Peter Vaughan. So I'm gonna... I had Peter Vaughan in my list. Yeah, I did. That, well, who's Peter Vaughan? He's the um, the guy in uh, the father, the the, the, the elder the, states, the older villain. Oh, okay. Yeah, it yeah. probably is him. I actually forgot about that. I was going to go with Mr. Dennis uh, in Wanda, though. In in my head, the villain of Fist of Fury is probably my real answer, if I'm honest. Yeah, that is great. I <laughs> forgot about that one. That's a really good one. Mr. Dennis is the it's most an, snivelly really kind of character in all of these. He's the worst. He's the He's worst. worst. I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate him so much. His bomb is hilarious, though. He makes. <laughs> yes. Oh, the bomb yeah, is the best thing guy. in the world. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe watch okay. that, I think. I was going to say. I'll shout out to the cops in Sorcerer. Uh, they, I think they have great facial hair. They oh, all yeah. have this kind of great kind of um, almost South American facial hair. I thought that's very good. And right. uh, obviously, and shout out the, to Pelham. The, 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 yeah, the fake mustache in Pelham. Pelham. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, should we do um, most horrible protagonist? Okay. Horrible. Yeah. I've got miserable. Miserable, horrible, shittiest, because the 70s are also known for following main characters who are just absolute garbage. Just garbage humans. And we have quite yeah, a, f- yeah. we have a few, we have a quite a few here. I, th- I gave mine to John Cassavetes for garbage human. I don't know. Same. I, I'm now it. <laughs> same. I did the same. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he was miserable. Yeah. I gave mine to Dustin Hoffman just because he comes across as a bit of a cock in that film. He's pretty lame. I mean, Loden, the character in Wanda is awful. Barry Lyndon is awful. Martin yeah, Sheen's Barry. a sociopathic killer. He's terrible. <laughs> you kind of uh, like Roy that's just a, Well, that's that's what's so interesting <laughs> about the film. But Roy Schneider is like the sniveling garbage criminal. Yeah, Roy Schneider uh, was the one I was thinking of as well. Like, but even like yeah, the terrible. whole I cast guess the, of Sorcerer, <laughs> like the French guy. They're just terrible. They're awful. They're all yeah. awful. But yeah, I went with I went with Cassavetes. This is the char- he was the character I wanted to shut up the most and just punch the hardest sure. <laughs> throughout the film. And you he get the whole kind of I mean, thing in the middle what... when he goes to his girlfriend. Oh, that's sexy. Like but... that. yeah. oh, oh, that's just the worst. Uh, oh, I so changed my answer. It's, it's, it's Cassavetes. <laughs> and you slowly start, you slowly start peeling his character away. And even though they're best friends, he's such a shit friend. Like every moment. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's like... awful. I'm going to make you wear be, my jacket. Of... So... <laughs> So you get yeah, shot. So yeah, what a you, garbage yeah. person. Oh, but, uh, I hate him. Okay, good. Mikey, the worst. Edited by Sheldon Kahn. Any any um, relative of yours? Yeah, Sheldon, Uncle Sheldon, and cousin <laughs> Michael Kahn. Who Did one for the Cuckoo's Nest. Movies. Ghostbusters 2. Yep, yep. Space Jam. Yep. yep. Uh, Where are you getting editing uh, chops good. from? It's in the blood. Anyway, next. Next. Um, I wanted to shout out. I, I thought these these films were full of um, of public servants that in the seventies were very yes. important to our life, but they don't exist anymore. They're the whole private industry. Right. They're all gone. They're all gone now. <laughs> all gone now. So um, and for, so my best public servant, I'm going to give it to Ned Beatty, is the bus driver in my Nicky. That, <laughs> that was the character I was thinking of. I thought he was oh, wonderful. Oh, good one. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah, it didn't occur to and me. You know, 
starts to fight and everything like that. I liked, I liked that one a lot. Yeah, oh, that was brilliant. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. What about you, Ali? Well, is a police inspector considered a public servant or not, really? Yeah. Yeah, so I went, yeah, for, definitely. Yeah, so yeah. I went for the police inspector in Fist of Fury. Ah. Oh, nice one. Nice oh, excellent. One, nice oh, we one, all yeah. have different ones. I thought we were all going to have the same ones. For me, it's got to be my boy, Fat Kaz. In <laughs> oh god, yes, no, yes, <laughs> yes. I he forgot. Got to be He's Fat so Kaz. Yeah, oh, could you forget about Fat Kaz, the hero we both need and deserve? <laughs> <laughs> hero of the New York comes. Um, <laughs> Goddamn right! I'll I'll fight anyone for Fat Kaz. <laughs> I love oh, that god. guy. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, a, that's he, good. He, that's good. Those are all actually excellent. Is Fat Kaz the one that he floors? He floors like he, who ends up on the floor, or no. is Fat Kaz the one who works no, down below? Kaz... In is he the one who fat works Kaz down the and yelling, yelling at everyone and gets shot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fat Kaz is the one who spends the whole time yelling like a total asshole, and then continues to do the same thing to the hijackers, just treats them like <laughs> other employees <laughs> of the subway, and gets shot for his trouble, and then nobody mourns him for even two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> they just go oh fat Kaz died and move on with their lives they all knew it was going to happen will... to him in his life that's why they knew yeah. at some point someone was going to shoot him in the right yeah i will not move on i am going to hold the flag and plant it here for fat Kaz for all of time there he has now been properly mourned he has been well what was the next okay, one so most so 70s we're... moment then that was yours but yeah this has to be like the yeah most 70s moment are seen the, the 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 scene or the moment from from these 10 films that most screams like the 1970s to you so that's open to interpretation was it all the right uh, scenes and all, <laughs> I, I guess it has to be we i frankly you probably should have done a whole category just for that unfortunately <laughs> yeah uh, it's worst rape scene <laughs> oh god uh anyway uh, thanks for that boys um thanks. the uh most 70s moment uh, anyway, so you had lots of choices. Could have been lots of different stuff, even though you had some period films here. Um, I struggled to remember um, personally because it's such a minor thing, but a lot of sexism and casual racism all over the place. Yes. Those are very course, 70s. Yeah. That's what lots I thought. Of, lots of just like, yeah, that's a big one. Lots of just like casually shitty behavior, weird food choices, terrible locations, uh, stuff <laughs> like that. So. Uh, one that stuck out to me from Mikey and Nikki was them at that gross bar drinking milk and beer at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, on my list. That, yeah. one, that one yeah. stuck. That was that was a that was an honorable mention uh, for me. The casual racism against the uh, Japanese at the beginning of Pelham is an honorable mention. Uh, I was going to say, got to forgot about that. Casual racism in Pelham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, introduction of the female character in Straw Dogs making me want to throw my projector on the ground for how sexist it was uh was an honorable mention but i'm gonna go with the one that's the reason i basically came up with the thing was this one scene in wanda uh with mr dennis the aforementioned gross mr dennis uh in which he uh right after meeting her they're in a hotel and he starts shouting at her to get him a hamburger uh, <laughs> oh, at like God. two in the morning yeah so it's yeah. like two in the morning and he's like go get me a hamburger at like the gas Nothing station or whatever it. who knows yeah, yeah, and and first of all, who gets a gas station hamburger at two in the morning? That's some seventies nonsense. Who screams at a woman <laughs> that you just met to get it for you? That's some seventies nonsense. And then when she brings it back with like it has ketchup on it by mistake or whatever, you slap her around. Ugh, just everything about She's it, good. I was like dry heaving and retching and just coming out in hives. Yeah. 
at how gross it was. And it's very 70s. So I'm going to give it to Mr. Dennis being a grotesque pig in uh, Wanda about his goddamn hamburger. That's fair. I like that. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts yep. on? Yes, yeah, just choice. a quick one. It's M. Emmett Walsh is the bus driver. Ned Beatty is the like the hitman in uh, Mikey and Mickey. Good point. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Of course. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So my my 70s moment is more of like a filmmaking thing. It's just it's the freeze frame at the end of Pelham. <laughs> it just freeze frames on. Uh, oh, yeah. on uh, doesn't it not? It, it doesn't. Fr- it does freeze frame. Yeah, and he's got like that <laughs> proper like jowly shot of um. Of all Mark and That's a good choice. <laughs> That's a very good choice. That's Strong a choice. really good choice. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Mine was actually the Japanese in Pelham. That was mine. Yeah. That was yeah. a proper thing that yeah. was in every sitcom in the 70s and stuff. Like yeah. the Japanese businessmen. Completely. And stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's an easy, that's a very strong choice. Oh, good that stuff. Was a good category. I think we've gone so through we're kind of in the big hitters now. So, best, best director. Director really. in film, right? Yeah, so I mean, my best director is really obvious. It's Stanley Kubrick. Like, yeah, of course, it's hard to not be. Mine. Though, is, oh, sorry, carry on. No, I was going to ask you. Oh, no. mine. Mine is um, uh, Malik. To be honest, I mean, sure. for his first film, and it's just insane. And like the cast he got was fantastic. And I think my biggest letdown for uh, for uh, Barry Lyndon is the fact that I just think as a director he should have picked a better lead. And um, I think that may have been forced upon him. Maybe I'm not sure, but um, I don't know. I would like to know more about casting. It was a little actually. bit. Is it always the director's kind of responsibility for casting, or, or should we actually be giving more to the caster? You think like, if someone's Kubrick's level, he could have carte blanche of who he wants to hire. But did he maybe work with someone they trusted? Because he might have just had a, a casting agent that he always worked with, always films. Well, I can imagine though, sure but did. for the lead um, character in your film, you'd have a big say in who that should be. Surely, no, he, I can understand. Needed, like, no, he couldn't get the money. He couldn't get the money to do it unless he had an American star. Yeah, but he could have got a so better Barry American Lincoln, star. Famously, he could he could have maybe found a better American star, but they, uh, I think, his other choice was even worse. I think the right. studio was like, "We'll give you the money to do this because he needed a lot." Uh, the only stipulation is you got to put in like one of these three dudes as Barry yeah, Lyndon. Right. Oh, so something like that. I don't remember all the details, but it definitely was like a compromise that he had to like come up with uh, to to get to 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 that ended ended up with Ryan O'Neill uh, in the lead role. I don't remember all the you know details that led to it, but there was definitely some friction there and some difficulty in trying to figure that out for for budgetary reasons. Yeah, he was a big star like, at the time. He was a big star because he was in um, is it Thingy Story, whatever it's called. He, he yeah, Love Story. Love Story. Yeah. Um, and, but he yeah. was, he's just a very un-Kubrick-y movie. kind of lead. Yeah. Like, that's all. Like, yeah. Those are those are the two correct choices, obviously. Those are the two choices, well, yeah. Th- so. Those are the two choices for sure. Um, and yeah, watching Badlands on Thursday, and I, I, you told me how young he was when he made it, which for some reason I didn't know before. And watching it again. That's, <laughs> he was in film school? That's physically... That's insane. That's, that's physically insane. impossible. I can't. I, I cannot wrap my head around that. I, no, I'm watching no. it again with that in mind. I could not physically understand how someone that young could have made that. I, I can't even wrap my mind around it no, um, at no. all. That's that is impressive. Is not the word for that. It's not human yeah. uh, at all. Um, but anyway, those are off my list. This is a category I find kind of bizarre because the best director is whoever made the best film. And that's just yeah, I know, yeah. There's no yeah, yeah. There's, you kind of can't you can't separate the two. So I don't really understand why we do. 
uh, at all. Um, but obviously the two correct choices were taken off mine. So this comes down to the same two films that most of mine have come down to. It's either uh, Barbara Loden or William Friedkin. And I can't sure. really choose between the two. So it's a tie. Lame. I don't care. I'll pick Loden just because, uh, uh, even though it's probably not true, uh, but just because, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like she's someone who really got shafted. To be fair, everything. it was probably just as hard for both of them to make those films, but for totally different reasons. <laughs> for completely different reasons, yeah, yeah. For completely yeah. different reasons. Like, in terms of, like, the technically on a technical level yeah. it's freaking all the way like that's not even yeah, not yeah. even in the contest but in terms of of breaking actually getting something and, made uh it was just getting something made and just doing it on your own terms in that in that yeah. time for her uh is also really impressive uh for sure and just wanted to shout that out one more time so that's those are my answers those are good. I like it. I think you're right. I think you're right in those order anyway. So we're yeah, gonna yeah. count down count down best film. I like to do ten to one anyway. I know Brandon's gonna object, but Okay. Yeah, I've got I've got more. No, I, I do object, but I don't I don't I don't even know how I would do it. To be honest, we don't really have to discuss them because we've talked a lot about each film already, to be honest. So No, I'm trying to rank them right now in my head. I'm just gonna go randomly, I guess. Um so Okay, yeah, no, I'm ready. Go should ahead. Should we just so my number 10, I think it's quite obvious, is I Spit on Your Grave. Yep. Shall I go Shocking. 10 to 1? Yeah, just go for it. Uh, my number 9 was Straw Dogs. Um, my opinion of that film has dropped every time I've thought about <laughs> it. Ugh. I hate it. Uh, hate 8 it so was much. Time After Time. I liked Time After Time. Yeah. It's, I think it's lesser than the rest of the films we've watched. It's, it's just a TV a movie, enjoyable. It? Yeah, it's just yeah. enjoyable. That's, that's all you can say. Uh, 7... I think this gonna actually we're gonna disagree on this list a lot actually, but seven for me is taking of Pelham one two three. Um, oh wow! Six Fist of Fury, five okay. Wonder, four Sorcerer, yeah. three Mikey and Nicky, two Barry Lyndon, and one Badlands. What? Very nice. <laughs> so Ollie. Uh, so mine is uh, no surprise. Last is I spit on your grave. Sure. Uh, next is Mikey and Nikki. Mm-hmm. I think next is time after time. Yep. Then right. Straw Dogs, which is controversial, but I, I think there's enough in there that I think is good. There's just a lot of questionable right. stuff in there, but there is some there is some great <laughs> bits in there. A lot. Uh, of yeah. Then it's taken of Pelham One Two Three. Then I'm just, I can't decide between these two. Um, I'm going to say Sorcerer, mm-hmm. Fist of Fury, uh, Wonder, Barry Lyndon, and then finally Badlands. Mm, both Badlands, okay. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm loving, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised number one's Badlands for both. Um, I think I'd have to give number one to Barry Lyndon, I think, if I was adding them all, but Badlands, like, you can't complain uh, no. at all. But It just came again, down when I was ranking taking those... just Badlands is just, that was... Like they're both amazing films. Just Badlands, yeah, just stuck with me a little more. Badlands was the film that we That's watched, amazing. and I was like, "Why have I not watched this before?" Like I was, I was angry at myself for not seeing that. <laughs> one before. that so that's why it had to be my number yeah. one. I was just like, "You're a twat." Yeah, younger me is a yeah. You, I mean, you are. But it's why I gave yeah, director to Barry Lyndon 
actually because Badlands, I, I interesting. Okay, more, I so. can understand why I haven't yeah, seen but... Barry Lyndon. To be honest, it's it's a period film. No, that makes sense. And now you know, I probably wasn't that interested in watching it's it. A Twelve but... hour long period. Yeah, film exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, it's really, whereas Badlands is short and but sweet. And it's no and surprise that it's good because it's directed by one of the masters of cinema. So yeah, why yeah. I hadn't watched that as well? Uh, Mel, I was again watching Badlands again, just always amazed at how much Malik is such a painter with light. Yeah, like he. I don't under he makes it look so easy, and yeah. so does Kubrick. They, they both have that in common. Mm. But like even the more casual scenes in Badlands that aren't amazingly breathtaking, like those breathtaking scenes and, and shots all throughout that film, obviously. But there's lots of like more casual ones that are indoors that look really quite realistic, and yeah. you don't really notice. But Ollie and I can tell you that filming, making indoor lighting look natural, yeah, and normal is like <laughs> yeah, the hardest sure. thing. To, it's impossible, and he does it with such ease and such grace. It's just as frustrating. Uh, and to, like as like, a filmmaker you watch that and just go fuck you i hate you so much why are you so good at this <laughs> i do and anyway. malik has been my my kind of my lesson from this miniseries actually i've always said i liked malik but i'd never saw badlands so it's a bit silly to say i like malik really but like that now I, i've been able to go and watch modern malik and actually appreciate it more because i feel like i've got a bit more grasp on him well it can kind of understand yeah no it's, i haven't watched his last few films to be honest I mean, it spurred me to watch Days of Heaven, which I loved equally as much, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Days Richard Gere probably is a lesser uh, yeah, protagonist is, yeah. than um, uh, Martin, uh, fuck's sake, <laughs> Sheen. Sheen, but, um, but, but I thought it was it was equally as beautiful. And I think the one thing I think Malik's got over um, uh, Kubrick is he's a bit more humanist. His, his characters feel a bit more, Yeah, I don't know, Definitely not, not relatable, but they feel a bit warmer, a bit. They've got a bit more compassion to them. They've kind of because, like you know, because like, Barry Lyndon is like he's because Barry Lyndon is basically like a narcissist or whatever. He's just he doesn't give a fuck really until he has a child, and I think he only yeah, cares gross. about his child yeah. really, and that's only think, because it carries on his lineage. I think like well, Kubrick is a narcissist, yeah. really. And, he's, and he wasn't a very humanist person. I mean, all accounts, he wasn't very nice to work with and, or anything like that. Um, so that I've heard, I've heard, I've heard various up. accounts of that, to be totally honest. I feel like that's a little bit overblown. Oh, really? Uh, Is it just maybe just depends? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it depends on who you talk to. He was that's certainly I mean. a dickhead yeah. during The Shining. That's a famous sure. story is that he was a dickhead during The Shining. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that at all. But I've heard plenty of other people who worked with him saying he was really fun and it was nice. And yes, it took a long time because he was a perfectionist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't mean. So I think it just depends uh, uh, on who you ask. So I think that those stories about him are slightly overblown. That said, okay. as filmmakers, he definitely is like Kubrick has a vision and he's going to chase it to the ends of the earth. And he sort of... <laughs> Uh, starts he starts a film with that vision very much firmly in mind, or at least that's the impression you get. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he achieves it is is the monu- is what's so monumental about it. Whereas Malik's a little bit more looser and improvisational yeah, yeah. as a filmmaker. Um, you know, so if you watch, and he gets more so later in his career. So you get to Absolutely. Tree of Life, and the camera the camera's just flying everywhere, and you can tell that they were just kind of like screwing about in mm. the street, like the kids are just playing and they're just capturing it. That's not something that Kubrick ever would do ever, ever in a million would, yeah. years. Like it's, and you watch no, it like Knight of Cups just, when just even the dialogue has just now just fallen out. You know, like it's just, it's just kind of all kind of, it's all dropped away to him just filming kind of things, you know, like just putting, setting cameras up and letting people go, really. The it's, thing that always, that always keeps me at a distance with Malik and less so with Badlands is I actually generally hate his voiceovers. Just, I hate them. 
uh, in almost all of his films. Uh, I find it really annoying. I wish they would shut up. Well, I, uh, I like the one they would in just speak for themselves. Days of Heavens because it's got that girl with a really interesting accent. It's it's, it, it's either you love so it or you hate it. Badlands and Days of Heaven, it works. Yeah, no, in Badlands and Days of Heaven, it works quite well mm. uh, with those stories in particular. Um, Badlands is a great example where the SpaceX character externally doesn't give you very much. Like you don't. Yeah, if yeah. You took that voiceover away. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know anything about that character. But then yeah, they use the voice, yeah, or he yeah. uses the voiceover to like uh, uh, deepen the narrative in like short and sharp and smart ways, so that she often would like introduce the scene, tell you what was happening in her head, and then you'd watch the scene play out. That happened a couple yeah. of times, and that worked. That worked super well. But then by the time you get to the Tree of Life, which most people like a lot more, and I can see why. Personally, I want that kid to shut up so bad when I'm watching that film. <laughs> Uh, I, get I, I hate, I just absolutely yeah. hate that voiceover. And, and I don't like saying anything bad about yeah, that yeah, film, yeah. but I, I really, really, really like, it starts to annoy the what, shit. What's the voiceover? Anyway. In, is there a voiceover in New World? Is it, is it always? Yeah, definitely. Film? There's like three versions he, of that film, isn't there? Yeah. He's like, he's like a filmmate. He's a bit like a Lucas. He can't decide which version is his version. He's like, <laughs> I wouldn't compare those two filmmakers. No, I'm not comparing, but <laughs> like, such a funny comparison, but yeah. like, but you do get filmmakers who they never feel their films complete. So they have to kind of constantly like, well, I, I was thinking about that the other because day he's an eccentric poet. Fucking Francis Ford Coppola won't leave fucking Apocalypse Now alone. Yeah, and, and like, Godfather it was meant now. to have another release this year, wasn't it? And they shelved it because of COVID. Well, Godfather Three's got a new think... version. Yeah, oh God, uh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. ninety-nine times out of a hundred, you can just go with the theatrical cut and call it a day. Yeah. I agree. I don't. I agree. I don't. They, I don't, I don't if a director changes their mind ten years later, congratulations. But I don't give a shit. And it's never. I hate. <laughs> that's I <laughs> I went into a mini rant about this last time, but directors cuts things really oh, annoy you? me most of the time because, like, they're just—I think they're just—they're um, uh, marketing shit just to make money. And I think most of the time you're not actually sort of anything. Like, the studios. The studios certainly are. I mean, you got very rare things like Blade Runner and stuff where like, yeah. there literally was something there, but most of the time it's just—it's not—it's not even. Directors. What I like about Blade Runner is that is that every version of Blade Runner is good. Yeah. That's what I like yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you if you like Blade Runner, which I do, I, I honestly the theatrical cut of Blade Runner is good. The first director's cut is good. The final cut is good. They're all good. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, that's an exception, though. I love the fact that when he shot Legend, he shot this sequence with the unicorn, and the crew were like, "Why are you shooting this shot? It's not on the <laughs> shot list." And he's like, "Ah, I've got something in mind." Twenty years later, on, <laughs> I'm gonna need this in the bag. <laughs> But um, like I think with um, a lot of directors' cuts, though, sometimes it's the first version that they put. Like just after the assembly cut, it's the first version before the studio sign off on it. So the director may have a director's cut, and then the studio goes, "No, it needs to be two hours because we need to get X amount of screenings yeah. in per day." So they'll cut it down. So sometimes there is a director's that was cut. Only that, true is actually- for, that was only true for that was only true for Orson Welles. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you do like get some directors. That's, that's bullshit. You do get directors who get you get final cut, though, don't you? So that, you know, like Christopher Nolan will always have final cut. Sure. Steven Spielberg will always have final cut. So that version you watch is the director's cut. There's just it's but, just rare. I think rare times it improves stuff. I think that's all. I mean, I guess it's also sort Aliens of- Three. The assembly cut does improve it, but Fincher actually says it's shit as well. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I think I guess, it, uh, there's a there's a certain um, uh, like reverence we pay to directors, and we just did, and I'm happy to do so. But uh, yeah, p- people that produce film are not always villains. No, um, and yeah. a lot of them, exactly. a lot of them, a lot of them do 
a lot of people who are producers, some of them are money grubbing shitheads and some of them are people yeah, who really sure. love movies and help get them, help get them made. So sometimes yeah. the producers coming in with notes do actually make the film better. Do you know what they want? And about? the director yeah. just yeah. doesn't want to believe it. No, <laughs> that, I, that, that can happen. And sometimes you should let the editor edit a film. That's what I also agree with. Like that sometimes they know better. Like, yeah, there are certain directors you can get attached to scenes or shots that you really loved at the mm. time, but the producer, the producers and or the editors or somebody else on the crew will will maybe be less attached to it and will see that it shouldn't be in there or it should be shorter or whatever. That that happens all the time. Yeah, there's like this famous like films where the director said, I signed on to direct this film because of this one scene and it's not even in the final film now because it just wasn't needed <laughs> to tell the story. Do you know what I mean? So. Anyway, we haven't done your t- your ten, Brandon. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. we started chatting away. Yes, well, uh, well, I'm gonna again. I'm gonna take out the three. Uh, I'm gonna take out Fist of Fury, Badlands, and Barry Lyndon. But if I didn't, it would be probably Badlands two, Barry Lyndon one, uh, sure. for sure. Just because I'm I'm just a whore for Kubrick cinematography uh, on that, <laughs> um, and I'm not gonna back down on it. I'm not sure where Fist of Fury would place. That's a tough one, but uh, certainly Spit on Your Grave is last. That's an easy. <laughs> that's that's not even a. That's just not even a film. I, I'm I'm no. really annoyed that that ended up on, on this because there had to be a good movie we could have watched from that. Well, no, year. there was a reason why we picked it, and it was because it. You know, I know. And James was James. Your episode was brilliant, actually. Uh, and James was brilliant. I mean, on what it. perfect guest uh, though! Like the, his dad the, was the one who got arrested for. That's yeah. amazing! What an amazing, amazing story! Yeah. All the uh, Paul, Paul, and Natalie were great as well, and so sure. shout out to all the other guests here. They were really, really fun. But that that story in particular, that Brandon Khan though, <laughs> get <laughs> him off that guy. <laughs> Speaking about people who should shut up. Uh, anyway, so that no, that, but there um, definitely could have been a better film we could do for that year. But I was like the fact that we. I mean, I wish, kind of I Hideo wish, yeah, something. no. So your your episode was really good. I wish I didn't watch it. Let me put it that way, and not yeah, because of the I, content, just because it was, I was so bad. I didn't watch it half the way through. God, I had to pause. It was it. just so bad. Yeah, I kept messaging him, um, going, "What the fuck? <laughs> Why?" <laughs> and then after that, I would. Ugh. It's what tough to say which one I like. What could have done for seventy eight? Actually, now you've taught. So I'm not thinking what we could have done. I mean, I tons seen. of stuff. Convoy. Hold on. <laughs> Convoy. What's that? I just uh, know well, I'm going to derail. I'm going to derail my list here to find out better films from 1978. Cheech and Chong up in smoke. I've never seen that. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good one. That's a good it's a classic. one. Classic. Uh, Cheech and all the Cheech Chongs are good. So uh, let's see. Days of Heaven <laughs> is is right there. Uh, what is this? I haven't seen whatever this is. Invasion. Oh, the '78 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I would have liked oh, to see. That film. Yes, yeah. I haven't seen that. Haven't you seen that? Uh, Attack of the Killer, Killer of Sheep. Is that one with the famous the, the image of Donald was... Sutherland pointing his finger out? Yes, yes. The film that I would have picked if it was me would be Killer of Sheep for 1978. Is a film I haven't okay. seen that I keep meaning to watch. Um, which I haven't, oh, and I the guess driver Midnight Express as well. that was a big one, but I don't really feel like watching Midnight Express if I'm honest. No, uh, you should have watched Gates of Heaven, but I've seen that before. Plenty of good movies. That wasn't one of them. Um, all right, so <laughs> anyway. yeah, that that that's it was barely a film. Uh, if honestly, I spent in your grave felt like if it wasn't for how vicious the content is, the mystery science theater robots should have been at the bottom making fun of <laughs> oh, it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It was absolutely. that yeah, level yeah. of bad, honestly. And it, uh, for and most of its running it's time. It's insane that it was uh, one of the biggest films on that release, that VHS. It was ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. It's not even worth yeah. talking about. Like, no. it's not even worth getting angry about because it's so bad. It, it just doesn't matter. Uh, worth getting angry about because it's actually a well-made movie of Straw Dogs. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. infuriated me while I was watching it. Uh, although Ollie is not wrong that uh, obviously Peck and Paul was a really good filmmaker, just a crappy yes. human. Just a crappy uh, human. The last yeah, like sure, 10, yeah. just a really crappy human. The last 10 to 15, the, the home invasion bit at the end, the last 10 to 15 minutes where it actually gets to the point yeah. and you get all of the bad decisions yeah. and horrifically bad philosophies and politics get thrown out and it's just a home invasion. It's, I think it's really good. I think the, right. the, yeah, the, the biggest, the biggest yeah. problem with that film is that the home invasion, like, Surely that should have led from the rape. Like the rape is just like inconsequential, which you'd think that would be any, like, like. I don't really. I don't know. Anyway, there's I mean, a I'm not saying that film needs that. it, but like at least if you're gonna <laughs> no. have it, have it have some. That's one of the biggest problems. Yeah, it? yeah, it's ha- completely pointless. It's, it's it is. Have it's that at least pointless. lead to something. It was, it, it, yeah. yeah. Well, just but, this whole like the the whole philosophy behind his home invasion is tied up in that, which is like his alpha maleness that he believes all men should have and if they don't then they deserve yeah. everything that's coming at them yes exactly, is just yeah. saturates the film it saturates yeah. the film in such a way that's so gross that i couldn't i just couldn't get over it so uh call me a snowflake all you want but uh it was gross no, shit. And <laughs> uh, him standing up to being a big man and saying like there will violence will not come into this house or whatever the famous line already been is. there i think it's already been there you fucking blind idiot like, like it's yeah. not a manly scene. It's really, like, it, I'm sure Sam Peckinpah no. didn't think that was ironic. Line. I'm sure he didn't at all. Like, no, he probably, he actually might have. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so it's sort of like, is that my second least favorite? Or is Time After Time just because it's kind of so bland? And I don't really know. Because it's more enjoyable to watch Time After Time overall. Yeah. Uh, obviously. But the filmmaking in Star Dogs is still a million times sure. better. So yeah, I don't know yeah, how. Yeah. Be ranking let's, let's, put yeah. it, let's call it... Let's call it a tie uh, for those two. Then after that, I'm going to have to go Mikey and Nikki, which again, mostly didn't work for me. The bones of a really great movie are in there mm. for sure. Uh, the The idea is great. Um, there's plenty of great scenes. Every scene that you and Natalie were freaking out about and saying how much you loved it when you said it, I listened to the show. Uh, I went, oh yeah, that scene <laughs> was really good. But while I was watching it, I went, God, I wish they would have cut away from the scene 10 minutes ago. Uh, it just feels like, uh, the impression I get is that because of the improvisational nature of it, the edit was impossible, essentially. Because yeah, if you're trying right. to edit, yeah, if you try and edit improv, it yeah. is very, very difficult. Um, period. And she shot a ridiculous um, amount it, of film, just ridiculous. Yeah. So I, th- I think yeah. I think that it just all got away from everybody a little bit there, yeah. which is unfortunate because there's so much good stuff in it. But my experience of watching it was like, can you please just move along? I get it. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to have to go with that, uh, unfortunately. And then after that, what do I have left? Uh, after that, uh, Pelham, and then Sorcerer, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then Wanda is the one that I'm most glad that I saw. Awesome. Uh, I'd never heard of it at all. I'd never heard of Barbara Loden somehow, even though uh, I like uh, her husband's films uh, quite a bit. Somehow that whole story just yeah. passed me by. Uh, and I thought the film, while I was watching it, I was a little bored here and there for sure. That happens with films yeah, like that. Yeah, sure, sure. I so I wouldn't recommend it to like most normal yeah. people. I would recommend Sorcerer <laughs> yeah, or Pelham. Those sure. are way more fun, um, for sure. So if you're if you're a normal person listening to this, watch those instead. Uh, but if you like to be punished by your movies and to see things that are uh, upsetting and uh, cheap yeah. and and weird and eccentric. Uh, highly recommend Wanda. Uh, really, uh, I think we lost an, a, a proper artist actually yeah. 
for with her uh really compelling really interesting the fact that she put herself in such a thankless disgusting yeah. role mm. as well which i thought someone would pick her for most horrible protagonist i uh, um, it actually was on uh, my list yeah it was i did think about yeah, so it she's probably my second mm. yeah because she's awful i mean she's te- she's terrible you know uh, and like the film you could call it very easily i, d- I don't know if she's terrible she's just pretty useful like like no, she's gross, man. She's just really gross. But that's <laughs> that's part of the film, and you know what I mean. And she, so she's not afraid to make herself look yeah. terrible, which I think is really uh, courageous. And a lot, of, like I wouldn't do that. Um, so I find that pretty impressive. The, I read up about her more. She's from that area, yeah. and she she grew up around that. So it's not autobiographical, obviously, but it's almost like a mirror life that she could have led had she not been yeah. quite as talented or quite as smart or quite as good looking. Maybe she wouldn't have got out of it and she would be this shitty person yeah. living this shitty life. Um, so yeah, really compelling film. Really glad I saw it. There's um, a lot of the cinematography in Coal Country really blew me away. It reminded me of like Herzog or Tarkovsky mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in, its, in, in those, in those mm-hmm. shots. So yeah, really glad I saw that. Yeah, it's a great discovery. I was really happy about it. Yeah, for sure. That's my list. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. There you go. Oh, well, that's good. There you go. Well, well done, thank you, everybody. boys. 1970s. Sorted. Yeah. Um, and that's the 70s. We finished with the 1970s. Hey! Never to return. Oh. There, are, there are no other films from no, the no. 70s. No, I've seen them all now. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking forward <laughs> to watching every... F is for Fate that you guys covered. I need to watch that. I um, should definitely watch that. Um, yeah, I it's I don't know I can't remember what the term is, but now I've seen it, I see references to it everywhere. Right, right, and then oh, people yeah. talk about it more than I realise people did, and I think it's just got a Criterion release or something like that. There's something like that. Okay, um, and people seem to be kind of up on it at the moment, so it's quite quite good that we did it at the time we did actually. So yeah. interesting, cool, I'm big fan of that, and actually, um. Orson will be returning next miniseries. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you wanna? Yeah. Do you wanna? Do you wanna like? Uh, do Rundown. The, do the preview. Preview, preview of yeah. coming so attractions. We're we're cutting back another twenty years again in our kind of run. I don't know why we're doing it like this, but we are. I quite and, like that. Uh, and then we yeah, hop forward like twenty. And uh, we're doing the nineteen fifties next, and I think it's going to be a really fun miniseries. I, I think we're we're at the time period, like Ollie was saying, it's far enough back that I've. I, I like 50s films, but there's a load I haven't seen. Just an absolute ton I haven't seen. So this miniseries is really a big hitter series, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. This this one, you got like four or five canon Just, films. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're starting off with... Are you going with... to say what they are? Or do you... Oh, okay. so, so we're starting off with Kurosaga, um, Rashomon, uh, and... I will say this, was... I have seen Rashomon, but it's been that long. So I'm looking forward to... To rewatching cool. this one, I've only ever seen Seven Samurai, and actually, I rewatched it not long ago, about a few days ago, just that. because I actually didn't remember a thing about it. So, similar sort of thing, actually. It's a lot. That's a lot of movie that one yeah, is to yeah. remember. Um, we also kind of we got like John Ford coming up, The Searchers. Mm-hmm. Um, Ingvar Bergman doing a Seventh Seal. That's a, that's that's a big a one. Very big that's one. A big one. Uh, Orson Welles is coming back doing Touch of Evil. But we're also That's a big one. We're looking at kind of um, French cinema as well. So we got 400 Blows by Francois Truffaut, I think his name was. Truffaut, Truffaut, Truffaut yeah. Truffaut. And we got Rafifi as well yeah. by um, Dassin. Nice. Um, I'm wondering, I'm really excited to see what you guys pick as your favorite films of this. Because you could go a lot of different. You got, I've seen more of these than I did in yeah, the last one, I yeah. think. Um, I can't remember if I've seen The Searchers or not, actually. Um 
but I've, Rashomon usually is my answer when people ask me what's the best movie ever made. That's that's uh, usually cool. what I default to. Cool. Uh, so that's my personal favorite right off the bat uh, on the list. Uh, but then Seven Seals, super fun. It's one of those films that's way more entertaining than you think it's going to okay. be. Same with Touch of Evil and Foreigner Blows is is fantastic. So uh, and Rafifi's uh, the when you when you get to the sequence that's famous in that you're going to be tightening sure. your ass. I, I'll tell you that. I, I know the <laughs> sequence. So I'm looking forward to it. So See, right. I really wants to do um, Night of the Hunter, but that's but the same will. year. So yeah, I think, we so I think we're going to do that amazing. as like a, a bonus, like special. yeah, we will. Yeah, that movie, that movie is awesome. But we've also got Alec Guinness coming up in a in a Ealing comedy. I thought you were going to say as a too. special guest. I was like, what? Oh yeah, yeah, we've got, yeah. <laughs> Alec's calling on him. Um, and yep, we're going to yep. be t- we're going to be looking at a female film director as well, Ida Lupino, uh, looking at her film yep. The Hitchhiker. I can't wait to watch and, that. Um, I've never seen We've that. We also one. got uh, Vin- Vincetti Minnelli, is it? The Bad and the Beautiful? V- uh, Vin- I'm never good Vincenti. at names. But... Is it Vincent? Is it Vincent Minnelli? It's just Vincent. It's Vincent isn't it? Minnelli, is it? Yeah. Uh, Kirk Douglas yeah. film. We'll call him Vicente just for fun. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and we're going to some proper like, um, crazy 1950s horror as well with them. Um, That's with a fun one. Giant ants. So that should be quite a fun one as well. So naturally, James Can't is going to join us for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you guys doing like a like a B movie every time for James to come on? Maybe I don't is, know. Is, it, it is might I spit on your grave? That's a, a good idea. It's a and, Z um, movie. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll get some. Yeah, so Night of the Hunter, and I think we'll probably do a Hitchcock as well, just because it's the fifties. Yeah. I've seen most of them, so we might have to do a rewatch of of a Hitchcock. So I think it'd be a really fun series. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, it's just too many good movies, but at least I don't have to watch as many this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen most of them <laughs> because already. Because to follow along with the seventies, I had to watch loads, and for this one, I only have to see four or five, I think. So I'm safe. <laughs> well, thanks for coming along again, and we'll yeah. see you. I think you're coming back for Bad and the Beautiful. So that's one of the ones yeah. I have not seen. Really excited about. Uh, Minnelli is a really great filmmaker uh, who I don't know enough of, uh, and I'm super excited to watch The Hitchhiker. I saw one of her films the bigamist recently which is pretty good not amazing but pretty good um man in white suit i don't even know what that is so excited to watch that uh and i'm gonna rewatch the searchers because i cannot remember if i've seen it or not so i'm definitely gonna watch that one i'm excited to see i've never seen any um john wayne i've never seen a john wayne film so that would be my first Uh, he's great (laughs) he's another person if he's a garbage human great (laughs) great film star (laughs) (laughs) Never tells a lie on screen, John Wayne does. No, he's brilliant. So I guess we'll wrap up there then. And uh, we'll see you next week. For um, Yeah, man. All right. Well, that was great. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to this on. So if that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, YouTube, all those kind of things. I think Amazon Music. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. We are at Adjust Your Track. That's with a Y, not a your. And yeah, please don't forget, if the picture's bad, always adjust your tracking. <laughs> <laughs>